Well, um, hello, namaste, and welcome to yet another episode of the Kushbu Ved Show. Like each time, I'm here to bring in an important yet interesting topic up for discussion. Everybody has been talking about a sustainable business or a green business, but what is a sustainable business? Well, let me tell you. It is largely an enterprise that has minimal negative impact and potentially a positive impact on the four main pillars for any sustainable business, which is your global or local environment, your community, society, and economy as a whole. And I thought, what better than getting our guest on board, who is herself an owner of one such green business? Well, she is a health coach and a food enthusiast. Her love for food took her on a journey to find some of the best organic produce India has to offer. They are now partnered with most responsible farmers and artisans who grow food that is not only great for our health, but also for the environment. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together as I welcome Shriya Naheta Wadwa, the founder of Zama Organics. Welcome, Shriya. Hi, Kushbu. Thank you so much for having me on your show. It's, uh, it's really, I'm looking forward to this. Wow, I'm glad you could make time and I'm really excited to, you know, talk about sustainable business because this is my first time that I'm really talking to somebody who is, you know, potentially looking at growing a sustainable business in India. So excited to have you on board. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Let's get started. Yeah, absolutely. So Shreya, tell me a little bit about uh, your journey. When did you, uh, you know, what was your education background like? And when did you plan to get into Zama Organics? So I think my education actually has very little to do with what I actually ended up doing in life, except for the business aspect. But I went to the University of Southern California for, for a couple of years and I came back and I graduated in 2015 with a degree a bachelor's degree in international relations and global business. So part and parcel, but a lot of business and politics, I would say, with international relations being a big part of my degree than anything with farming or food. Um, but I think I was very inspired in general after I came back and I had the chance to visit a few organic farms. I happened to go to organic farms. And, you know, when we travel in India, we go... At most, you'd go to very touristy locations. You'd go to Delhi, you'd go to Red Fort, you'd go to Agra, you'd go to Jaipur. But we we don't go and actually see life outside of the major cities and the major tourist spots. So that's what I got to do. And I was, I think, pleasantly surprised. And this is somebody who at that point probably didn't know the difference between Dhanya and Methi. So I was just <laughs> surprised. I was surprised that I saw things I didn't even know that grow in India, you know, even a black rice, which is actually a staple for someone in Assam. Or basic things like potatoes or tomatoes just looking so good. And I had to stop and say, at this, I think when I first saw a really yummy looking tomato, I was two hours away from Bombay, not more. And you come back to Bombay and you see none of this. And this was five years ago, right? So everyone at that point was also talking about imported this and avocados and Haas, blah, 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 which is great. And I think there's a place for everything in life. But the fact that this was two hours away and we still had no access to it, that's when I thought that there needs to be some medium of bringing that here. And at the same time, getting it directly sourced. And that could also be a reason, right? Because if it's harvested today and it only reaches our market 
and eventually are home three, four days later, it that freshness also is not the same as what I saw. And these are the few things that drove me to at least try and understand how we can build this out. And that's why we started with Maharashtra farmers only initially to understand the supply chain and then slowly expanded ourselves. And how difficult was this journey to work with the farmers and artisans? I mean, it's not as easy as you would work possibly with people who have the entire innate style of doing a business, right? So how was that entire interaction? I think it was a very pleasant interaction. It's definitely the finding them was a big, bigger challenge than actually ending up working with them because it's not like you can do a Google search, you know. Best right, absolutely. <laughs> and if you do and if it does come up, it's usually someone very commercial and then the whole aspect of what I'm trying to do gets overshadowed. So we definitely, I traveled for about a year, year and a half actually to all these different farms, understood farming and food in general, learned the name of produce, um, which which was a big, my mother used to joke because I, I was, I'm in a, from a very food, foodie family. So she's a very <laughs> good cook. My sister's a very right. good cook. So I didn't have the need to enter the kitchen. I used to just enjoy good food. So I, you know, mm-hmm. used to say, let's try something with this, this, this. And then they used to do something about it. So she was <laughs> just like, that person is now telling me where I should get my subji from. It's quite hilarious. Wow. You know, you, they say never say never. You might yeah. not know and you'll end up doing something that is so crucial to the environment and in general to the society. So yeah. I'm really glad you're doing this. And um, so, so which was the year in which Zama Organics was really started? So 2017, we started dabbling with a few home deliveries, understanding the supply chain. But the official, I think when we started doing home deliveries and working with cafes on a big scale with all our certifications in place was 2018. Wow. Okay. And almost three and a half years in reality. But we've been, I think, working on the idea and initiating the idea for far longer. Wow. And tell me, did it impact your business like everybody's uh, during the pandemic? Yeah, of course. So I think we had um, both positive and negative, which I don't think everyone can say. And the positive Mm -hmm. aspect was, of course, people were looking for grocery delivery services, which I Mm -hmm. think we fell into. But the negative aspect of that is we weren't prepared for that kind of demand because I don't think we prepared for it at at least at that scale you know with the number of employees we had and the system we have and the setup we had it didn't work so there was a lot of panic internally and externally that made it really difficult to keep up with the demand and actually derailed us for a while because we were just firefighting for so many months just Mm -hmm. deliver and we figure everything out later Um, but that I think left us with Grateful customers, but also disgruntled customers. And then there's a mix. There's always a mix because you end up disappointing a lot more people. And that's in total transparency. But it was tough. And then it was a great recovery after. Uh, but then even our all our restaurant business plummeted down. So I think mm-hmm. it was a give and take where we didn't really see any growth. But luckily, we didn't, you know, go into zero as many. Right, of course. Did. Yes, so, and it's so important. Yeah, so I think we were in a space where we were okay. We managed, but it's definitely, I don't think there was a benefit of COVID for 
anybody. I can't see it personally or professionally. I don't see how, and at most people, more people know about Zama. That's the positive aspect of it. Absolutely. I must say many more people know about Zama Organics today and uh, I myself know about it. And you'll be surprised that having known, um, you know, your sister, for example, in terms of her business and everything, somehow I got introduced to Zama Organics because of my mom. Like she actually took me to Geo Drive once and I saw this beautiful pop-up that you had created and she was the one to introduce me to this business and then I got to know hey, it's it's it belongs to you and then I said wow this is like a small world and I absolutely loved the food that we took that day from the market uh, from your uh, outlet it was amazing in fact I think that's the first time I don't know if it was there or we ordered online it was the first time where we tried out purple sweet potatoes I have never seen them. I have never seen them before. And when my mom told me that, look, I have found this and I think I want to order it and try it out. And we made these uh, sweet potato chips because I love eating healthy food. So I don't fry it out. I bake them. And I tried them with your purple sweet potato. And I must say they were delicious. I'm so happy. You should try the orange also. It it tastes really good with with fries. So absolutely for it selling my product while I'm at it. <laughs> but you should and very proudly because I think your products are worthy of it. But Thank tell you. me, uh, Shriya, I'm going to ask you a little tricky question here. Uh, people often say that it's very good and we all want to do something which is good for the environment and for the economy, all of that. But sometimes green businesses do not have sustainability in the sense long-term, the sustenance plan or the fact that profitability as a concept is tricky do you agree i think profitability as a concept is tricky in any business and especially a startup so as as a new startup definitely we're not profitable but i think there's a genuine path to profitability while creating impact across the entire value chain uh, from the growers to the people to us, to the people delivering our products, to our employees, to eventually the community eating our products, and then the environment as a whole by promoting sustainable farming. So uh, I think profitability comes as an eventuality. We're not a heavy cash burn business. We're an asset light business. We don't have stores. We do everything online. So it's an eventuality, but it's definitely not in the cards for the next few months, but few years, actually, I would say maybe a year or two even. Um, But I think that's the case with any new startup, if you see, and any old startup even that's been around for 10 years. I don't think many of them can say they're profitable, but they've created value and they've grown at an exponential rate and they've created impact. And that's what we're here to do. Absolutely. And I, I think I quite agree as an uh, empowerment coach myself. I truly believe that it's at the end of it about a mindset. Yeah. And once you have put your mindset towards something that you would like to do, any business, whether sustainable or not, needs a lot of patience and needs a lot of discipline. So as yeah. far as you have that disciplinary mindset, things will fall in place. If not today, then later. So yeah. I, I truly agree with that pay a bit that you mentioned. But tell me, what are some other challenges that one, uh, you know, you think may face while running a sustainable or a green business, especially in India? So I, I definitely think when it comes, and I can only talk about uh, organic and the way we faced it, when it comes to explaining our price point or even convincing people our price point for 
you know, it's easier to convince them when it's something like your purple sweet potato because you don't right. see it, right? <laughs> so then, then you're like, okay, I want to try it, I eat it. But Agreed. when you're trying to convince somebody of a lifestyle and say, you know, this is what you need to switch to because of these reasons and all of these reasons means it comes at a slight premium, it becomes very difficult for everyday groceries. And I think when you think of skincare or bags or luxury, it's a much easier sell because there's a lot more uh, physicality to it and a touch and feel to it versus something you're eating. Because eventually right. when you eat organic food, you might not feel any different for one year, one month, two years. It's a lifelong commitment, right? To leading a healthier life. It's a choice. It's like right. exercising. You're not going to get abs in a year even because it happens. <laughs> but it's a commitment to your health. So Absolutely. that's, I think, what we have faced as a challenge is to battle that out because we want to be able to pay our farmers very well, which means that margin already, you know, the margin already increases there. And then we are not a non-for-profit. We're also a for-profit business. So there, there's some margin and then there are so many other things we're trying to build out. So the customer is definitely getting a premium product, but at a premium. So right, now convincing right. them of the entire value behind it is what, as a green business, we found difficult. We can't do the flash sales other businesses do. We can't sell things at three rupees and four rupees because it's defeating our purpose. We're not then sticking to our mission. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. Agreed. Also, tell me, how was it like, you know, you mentioned that you just completed your education by 2015 yeah. and then you started Zama in 2017. You're pretty young to become an entrepreneur, but also today there are many youngsters who are doing something great out there, including yeah. yourself. So yeah. uh, was that uh, threatening? Was that, uh, oh my God, I'm not sure. I don't know. How many I don't knows happen into, uh, you know, as questions in you? I think it happened. So 2015 was when I first started traveling to the farms. 2017 is when we started doing some sort of business with Zama right. and then 2018 was the launch. So I think right. between 2015 and 17, there was no fear because all I was doing was exploring, traveling, understanding. And then uh, I don't think there is a day where, <laughs> where I have... Um, not pulled my hair out, but also had a smile on my face at some point in the day. And then also been really happy. And then really like, oh my God, what is going on? And mm. uh, I think that's just, it's a journey and it's a cycle. And I think there's been a moment of, I don't know, probably every day, there's something that I don't know. <laughs> and that's right. just how it is. But I think feeling afraid is something, touch wood at least, I don't think I get scared. But... Mm -hmm worrisome yes there are there have been many worrisome situations Fair and enough. um that's it that's all I have to say about it I think when wow. you're passionate about something you can't live in fear because you've made a decision to do something and I think yeah, absolutely. And I think that's very well said because uh, I think, uh, I mean, I on purpose, very much on purpose mentioned the whole young entrepreneurship because a lot of people sometimes self-doubt and uh, a lot of students who come to me, you know, when they are having the coaching sessions with me talk about self-doubt in a very, very big way. And I think one of the crucial things that you mentioned that it's always going to be a part of your journey. You just choose to maybe decide that, okay, it's going to be there, but am I answering the basic questions and still moving a little bit every day? And so as far as uh, I guess you're doing that, the journey is as good as it can get. Yeah. 
and it does fall into place honestly i think if your intent is there your passion is there your vision is there and eventually mm-hmm. not maybe this works out and you pivot and something else works out it's all it's all a journey it's just i think sticking to what you know best and hiring people that make up for what you don't know and i think it's a mix and i must say that, that i'm so very um, happy to hear that from you because not many people are very open about it and sharing some things like that you know because uh, one is that you say you know it all and you're running a business and you come from a family where you have entrepreneurs who are doing very very successful businesses and yeah. still uh, you having that humbleness in you where you are talking about the fact that look let's look at people who can do certain portions of my businesses possibly better than me or can lead it in such a way that in totality my business would only nurture and grow to become better is is definitely a, a true sign of a leader growing in there so um, i must say that to you yeah but i i really i think team is something that i have big like a big bet on because it really like i know what i am i'm a very creative i look like oh i want to do this like one day i'll go to office i want to do this and i'll put like 50 things on the board and you mm-hmm. do need somebody at the back to say all of these are great ideas but <laughs> let's do this and then let's look at the impact of this and how much capital we'll need for this and then what that return would be i don't think in that direction but imagine now if it was just me and trying to implement 50 things at a time i i probably wouldn't be where i am so i think team is what i and i think getting people that understand you and gel well together of course you don't have to butt heads every day but yes creating that environment of sharing and giving um no. and it's a community it's not a family a team is a community so Absolutely. definitely that's how i would look at it where everyone is working towards the same goal and intention I and I must say I see a beautiful leader growing in there more than a boss so kudos to your team who is working with you for sure in fact there's a saying I think Richard Branson once said that if you took care of your people your clients will be taken care of so i think that's a learning there and so tell me shreya now of course uh, we now know about your business we know about how you uh, you know lead your team if i had to really interact a little bit about how do you think you're going to innovate and offer more greener products and services in the future what would be some innovations or some ideas that you possibly are thinking right now uh so i think we try to already be as we've tried to be as green as we can in a lot of ways we try to source products from as close to the city as possible wherever we're delivering mm-hmm. um of course groceries that come from all over india that's fine because it uses the railways to come so we don't fly yeah. anything from we're trying to be green just with our transport choices um mm-hmm. even with deliveries our deliveries take a little bit longer because we see the most optimized path so the car doesn't have to run up and down that much so we've mm-hmm. tried a few things that i know aren't necessarily um maybe the best from a customer service experience but we were trying to be more carbon friendly in that sense exactly. and on a packaging front of view there are a lot of innovations that are already happening in the entire uh, ecosystem of green and clean which means replacing plastic replacing a lot of the materials that go inside our packaging we've not been completely we've not been able to completely do away with that yet so 
our um, we're switching our biodegradable now to a cornstarch material so completely compostable material wow um, but our groceries that get packed in paper bags there is a plastic lining in them because eventually if it's sitting on a shelf and they're organic right. products they'll get insects in it and then you know the complaints start flowing in and more than anything it leads to food waste which is again not helping the entire ecosystem so i think we're picking and choosing where we can and cannot eliminate plastic but the goal and the innovation there is to eventually become a complete zero waste um absolutely absolutely and, and i think like right yeah. like i have said in the very beginning that it's about minimal negative impact and potentially larger positive impacts that can happen so so that's great and uh, uh, shreya if somebody is today looking out for beginning a green business as yeah. an entrepreneur yourself into this business for 3 and a half years now what kind of tips or advices can you share i think first maybe you will have to see what you know that you know where where you think the gap is and then do mm-hmm. some extra research i don't think anything should be started on a whim there needs to be some some ideas and some research that you do put together uh i am a big believer in taking advice talk to as many people as you can you don't have to implement everything everyone says but have a conversation it just gives you such a broad perspective they might tell you something you don't know then you can go and research about that further so mm-hmm. i think knowledge and advice is and people love to give free advice so take it <laughs> i think just take it it's so it's just been so enriching and for me when i was 23 i didn't know much about anything so understanding even basic things was so interesting right so sometimes yes. just for this person just giving me a lecture but just listen it really does yeah. work um in the long term and Absolutely. i think that's that's where you begin and then when you build it out see your pros and cons see if you can get investment do you want outside investment do you want it to be run like a small business which is also absolutely fine i know so many profitable small businesses even running from a home my mother was one of them so right you know i mean i i think she was very successful as a human being more than anything and um so yeah so i think there are so many options i don't think there is one way or the other you don't need to be running 500 people you can be one person with three other people at the back or one other person just helping you package things and be extremely successful so it could even be an instagram page i think there is just so much potential out there for it to be anything impact can even be your voice right so absolutely absolutely i mean uh, you know when uh, this reminds me actually when i sort of started my podcast you know when i began i'm like i'm not sure how many people really want to listen to me but to my surprise i was satisfied that i was doing something enriching like this i'm meeting newer people getting to know their stories coming on to this journey itself has been so fulfilling and by default when i saw sort of people interacting engaging with me wanting to listen sending me messages as to what would they like to listen next has been very very you know interesting and enthusiastic about you know okay fine they are looking up to what my next next episode is going to be like which is which is where i agree with you that sometimes uh, it's not about how big your business is or your idea is it's about how genuinely invested you are as an individual in your passion and and if you are passionate enough and uh, much like uh, shreya mentioned if you are really looking forward to doing something authentically it will turn out to be the best baby you've ever produced 
and and i think thank you so much shreya i'm uh, i mean i will like to end the episode with that particular conversation but thank you so much for your time and it's been really enriching knowing your journey and the way you are growing zama and uh, thank you so much for making time for this episode again and all thank the very best thank you so much for having me you're most welcome and for all the people out there who are our listeners and are also going to watch our episode please do tune in to our episode number 10 which features in shreya on spotify as well as on our instagram page quintessence coaching until then it's a very good evening and goodbye from kushboo bye bye and take care thank you 